Hey, what's up guys? Welcome back to the Live Free Podcast, episode number 5. Mike here with JD, and today we're going to be talking about operations and management for an STR management company with over 200 units managed. An exciting one we got today. How are you doing, JD? I'm doing great. I'm super excited to get into this episode and talk operations. More so because it's not me talking operations. That's not my favorite part of this business, but a necessary evil, if you will. And the, our guest today has extensive knowledge on the topic and is going to be able to really dive in. So I can't wait to get into this episode. It's also our first guest of the podcast ever. So um, be excited for that, guys. Um, but anyway, before we jump right into this podcast episode, we ask that if you learn something from us or if you just enjoy your time listening, that you please give us a rating on whatever platform you're listening in on. It really helps us out a lot. Let's us know you want to hear more from us. All right. So our guest today is, do you want to introduce yourself? What is up, you guys? I am Tyler. Uh, I've been the, the right hand for JD. I'm super hyped to be here, uh, especially being the first uh, first guest on the podcast. Um, I've been looking forward to this day for a while. I know we've been talking about starting a podcast, but Mike, JD, uh, actually getting together and throwing it, um, and, and it's going along really, really well, and we're getting some really, really good traction with it, so super excited to be here. Sick, sick. Okay, uh, first off, you want to share a little bit of a background on yourself and let us know how you sort of got into real estate space? Yeah, for sure. Uh, wasn't definitely wasn't a directory, but I knew I'd end up here. Um, I'm 24. I had uh, gone to school at Westchester University in Pennsylvania for uh, accounting. Uh, graduated with a degree a degree in accounting and tax focus. Um, so I was working for a big four company and actually um, graduated in 2021 when I actually found JD on Facebook. Uh, commented on a post that he uh, posted about a book and a personal development. Um, what was that book called? Uh, I remember you recommending How to Win Friends and Influence People to me. I don't exactly remember what book it was that I had at the time, but I know you were you were hyping that up and suggested it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I was looking to get out of college, and then um, I, I was looking to move somewhere else, and it was kind of faced with the decision of uh, moving out or, or you know staying where I was at. And uh, I, I knew JD was uh, a go-getter in the space, and I connected with him. I, I knew he was you know, 28, 29 years old, had a couple years on me, but... Um, I knew for one thing, for it was for sure that he had more than four or five, six properties, uh, and he was you know under thirty, uh, and I didn't know anybody at that age, so um, I, I knew if anybody was you know uh, going to be able to teach me something, it was JD. So I wanted to get it as close to him as possible. So made the decision, uh, left school, quit my job, uh, moved to Philly, moved in with him. He was actually house hacking in Philly. Um, just quit everything and kind of just started a DoorDash and pick up the, the side projects that he had uh, managing the five, six Airbnbs that he had at the time. Wow, that's that's super amazing. Um, what was it like, sort of the transition into into full time real estate? Um, I I didn't hesitate at all. I knew it was kind of the this last minute decision, but I actually faced JD with the question like, "Hey, uh, I was on the fence about pursuing my CPA." Um, and when when I asked him, he was that little five ten percent like little bit of validation that I just needed to kind of quit and just go full head focused in it. Yeah, Tyler was definitely having his quarter life crisis when he first called me and reached out. And it was at the right around the same time that I had gone full fledged with real estate and gotten out of my W two. So the stars kind of aligned on that one. Um, obviously, you guys all know me at this point as Live Free with JD. Of course, I told him to get out of taxes. Taxes are yucky. Um, I'm hoping Tyler does not regret that decision. Uh, and we couldn't have gotten luckier to have him on board the team and, and here with us today. And uh, it's really amazing what he's been able to accomplish in operations since since coming on board. I think it's really important to emphasize the fact that when Tyler came on board, uh, I had just started the management company that we have here today. 
uh, it was just me handling six units. Um, I had brought Tyler and one other person on right around when we reached 10 units. And Tyler's seen us grow from the 10 units to the over 200 that we're managing now. Uh, so that's why it's going to be really exciting to dive in and hear how Tyler views operations since he's seen it for the small mom and pop, just a couple people handling the rentals to the, the full-fledged operation we have now with over 51 people involved on the team. So, uh, Mike, what else you got for Tyler here? Um, what does your current portfolio look like, Ty? Uh, my current portfolio looks like uh, I have one house, um, and I started with, with zero cash, and uh, I came out of college, and I worked my way through college, paying it off as I go. Uh, still got about 15, 20K of debt left, so, so um, we're, we're, we're getting that done. But otherwise, closing my first house last year was a, was a middle unit of a triplex. JD actually bought the top half, and then I bought the middle. Um, and we decided that we wanted to rent both out and um, you know pursue that as a play. So I got involved in that, um, put about 20, 23K down, um, and now cash flow is about 1200 a month every, even um, consistently. Wow. That's super cool. And something I really want to touch on there is the fact that you still have roughly $20,000 worth of college debt, but you also put roughly $20,000 down on your rental. So walk us through that decision on why you chose to invest instead of pay off your debt. Uh, well, I mean, I saw it as a, as a, as a cash flow play for sure, but um, I, knowing what the current economy is doing with student debt and they're forgiving it and whatnot and kind of just seeing the interest rates and how that plays out, I mean, I, I just saw it as a, a big kind of risk play as, um, as my personal finances go. And uh, I had seen you do the same thing and you didn't even blink an eye, so uh, I was following right up behind you. Yeah, I think I've noticed this over my time um, with you is that you've definitely taken on my appetite for debt um, <laughs> and are, are starting to, to breach the surface there. And you hit a huge point there in that you're making 1200 a month in cash flow off your rental uh, and student loans. They kind of been either forbeared or forgiven. So putting $20,000 on those, you're making $0 back. You have a zero interest payment right now and instead went the $1,200 cash flow route. That's uh, that's well done, Tyler. Thanks. Learn from the best. Um, how were you able to get um, your your qualification for the loan? How were you able to qualify for it? Uh, so at the time, I was actually working as a contractor through our operations business. Um, and at that time, was we continued to scale and we were hiring more and more contractors and we just really wanted to solidify operations. I took a, a, a W-2 employee job for our operations company, got a salary of 60, 70K, um, got a qualification through our, our preferred lender and really just set it up from there. Yeah, and I want to give a big shout out to one of our non-sponsors because we don't really have sponsors, but our preferred lender is PenFed Credit Union, uh, our boy Logan really hooks it up there every way he he legally can in the sense that PenFed just has the best rates and the lowest closing costs that are pushing the mortgage game. So if you're looking for a primary or secondary home, that's what they specialize in. And that's uh, that's how Tyler got into his first one is through the boy Logan. Yeah. Um, we got next here. Um, what is the lift-free movement and what does it mean to you? Live-free movement was huge, um, and, and a little bit like more personal background on me. Um, I was I knew I was going to be successful, in whatever the hell it was that I was going to do. Uh, I just really needed somebody to be to pave the way. Uh, I needed somebody to be you know more confident than I was to be the visionary. And when I connected with JD, he was exactly that. Um, so he had already done what I was looking to do. He had already been there. He was already making the money that I wanted to make. Um, and once I seen that he had been doing that and he was doing the same thing that I was doing on a day-to-day -day basis, it just added a lot of validation for me that I was doing on the right path. 
Um, so once he kind of formulated this together and, and really just um, spoke true to kind of you know his vibe and his his steps forward that he takes on a day to day basis and, and created this lit free movement. I was all about it. I had this mantra for myself. Um, I wrote this little sticky note and had it in my car, had it in my living room, had it in my uh, my dorm room. It was uh, free at 23. And, and what that meant to me was uh, living free independently at 23 with, with no job, with no you know constriction on my time, whatever it is, nobody controlling what I do, where I go, how I spend my time, how I spend my money. Um, and, and when I met JD and he kind of brought this to life, it was it, it, the law of attraction just kind of pulled through and, and it, it, it meant everything. And uh, did you make it there at 23? Did you make it there a little earlier? <laughs> I did make it exactly there at 23. Wow. Wow. Super interesting. Um, what's your current real estate investing strategy today? And uh, what kind of areas are you looking to do and currently invest in and continue to invest in? Well, as you guys know, if you've been listening to the other podcasts <laughs> and the episodes, I mean, the Poconos is blowing up right now, and that is my big fame. Um, I, I actually found the 43-unit deal and... and, and all of us pushing really, really hard in this Poconos market and seeing where it's going. Um, I had this hype around uh, the Poconos and what it, what it was, what it can be, and um, where it's going. Um, and that, that's, I'm incredibly bullish on it. So I've sold one of my family members, I've just connected leads with these younger guys, um, and we're just pushing leads left, left and right out there. Yeah, so what is it about the Poconos that, that makes you want to invest there? Is that where you're planning on getting your, your next rental? Oh, for sure, for sure. I'm ar- I've already offered on one or two places. Um, right now, I, I know that uh, I'm competing with a couple guys internally, <laughs> but uh, but otherwise, yeah, no, that I'm I am looking for my next purchase in the Poconos right now. Uh, and and the reason I am so bullish on there is because, especially at my age, um, a lot of my friends getting out of college, getting their first um, job, their first couple years of salary under their belt, they can actually afford the homes in that price range of you know 200, 300k. Uh, and they're easy entry points, especially as a first-time home buyer or even five percent down. Um, so, you know, my network specifically is 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 open and tuned to that. Yeah, I I totally agree that that market has kind of a mismatched risk reward. These houses are are going for three four hundred thousand, and the returns and cash flow. When you're looking at a thousand to two hundred thousand dollars back in cash flow per month on something like that. You just have so much upside and so little downside with a mortgage that's a thousand to fifteen hundred bucks. I mean, it, you cover that in a weekend at a lot of places. Mike's Mike's done that recently, so I'm with you on the Poconos, all about it. Uh, best of luck on those offers you got out. Hopefully, you snag something soon. I know you're about to be 25, so hopefully, you can get your second one uh, before you turn 25 here. Absolutely. Best of luck, Ty. Best of luck. All right, let's let's jump in a little bit of operations here. Let's give the people what they want. Let's do it. All right, so first off, when you first started, how many units were there under management? There were seven units under management. Uh, they were all single-family homes, uh, three, four-story, four-bed, three baths. Um, right, right, right before COVID had started, um, JD had connected with a developer and, and was kind of feeding off of that, and we were just furnishing them instead of um, deciding to sell them and find clients to buy them. Um, so in there from you know set ordering and setting up furnitures to, to setting up designs for these units and now these units performing today are you know grossing seven eight nine k a month and they're the highest performing units um, wild wild yeah. absolutely wild and how many of those were company owned uh how many were 
So when you came on, there was about 10 units. I think six of those were mine, four were the, that developer that we had mentioned, and Tyler really hit the nail on the head. Do you remember what kind of circus it was when it was just me and you attacking things? <laughs> Dude, it was, it, we, we pursued 75 hard immediately. Um, once we connected, we both knew we knew Andy. Uh, we connected on 75 hard and we started that, and I remember just, I don't know, 18, 20 hour days, day after day after day after day, probably three, four months at a time. Um, where we were just grinding, setting up units and, and you know, stopping cleaning closets, setting up cleaning teams, going in there, inspecting units, get, making sure guests had five-star stays, um, the whole works. Yeah, and it was super cool when you came on because we were just hitting things that just seemed unobtainable. We had 60 five-star reviews in a row um, with just the two of us kind of handling things. Uh, and when I say just the two of us handling things, we weren't saying no to anyone, and we probably should have been. We were, <laughs> we were accepting cleaning jobs off the start. We were scraping concrete off the floors from contractors who weren't doing their cleanup correctly. We were doing design and furnishing. Big shout out to uh, Lab Creates Design, who now does all our furnishing. They've done about ninety houses in the past twelve months, and they, everything they do just turns to gold. Uh, it's way better than designs Tyler and I were doing back in the day. We thought we knew what we were doing. Um, Tyler definitely has a little more interior design game. He knows how to work those fake plants. Uh, but if you see some of my earlier designs, um, I've come a long way, and I know that I need the help of Lab Creates Design. So check out their website, labcreatesdesign.com. Dude, Thompson Crusher, what are they, doing, like 80 units last year? I think it's almost 90. Yeah, they're also much faster than, than anybody I've ever seen. Yeah, I don't know how you assemble and we'll come up with design assemble deliver everything uh in three to five days after close um on 90 different houses and i'm not talking about just studio and one bedroom little apartments that are being arbitraged i'm talking about four bedroom houses that are three different stories so you're you're moving things up and down the stairs uh you're navigating the streets of urban markets in a, a nice little van so uh, they really put in the work, and I'm sure Tyler's pretty thankful to not be oh, part yeah. of that process oh, anymore, yeah. um, but into the kind of the, the deeper gears that we're going to talk about here today. And I think that's how we can segue into cleaning. Yeah, totally can. Real right. quick, um, since we started out with 10, we're here today. How long was that, and how many units do we have under management today? Uh, I think that was about 20, 22, 24 months ago. Um, now we have a little bit over 230 units under management. So 10 to 200 in just about two years. Yeah, that's a, a 23X. I'm not happy with that. Um, <laughs> it's okay. We're, we're hoping to, to close on two big deals with 60 more units. We need to be at 300. I, I told you uh, when, when we first met that we'd be at 300 in a year. It's taken us two. Super disappointed. Tyler, step your game up. That's right. That's right. All right, let's, let's jump into cleaning then. Um, do you want to start us off? Yeah, I can ask about cleaning. So you've been specifically handling cleaning for the past six months or so, um, and you've you've been helping out with everything since we started. So talk to us about cleaning. Uh, I just got into Airbnb. Uh, I'm a listener here. I have five units. What would your strategy be to approach cleaning if, if we have five units in the portfolio? If you were to have five units in the portfolio and you've been self-managing, um, one, God bless you because it's a full-time job if you're trying to do that by yourself. Um, number two uh, is, is find a good local um, cleaning contractor. Uh, typically, they're going to offer uh, a, a few extra services other than just cleaning. Um, you know, They're going to go out the extra mile and be like, hey, if you need an extra, any extra 
light bulbs or air filters or whatever it is change, they're going to go the extra mile and make sure that's done for you. Um, especially as the, you get to those cleaners that are more local and they're trying to go over the top um, to serve their clients. They're going to offer little things like guest, uh, like gift packages, you know, bottles of wine, whatever it is, chocolates, a little letter for the guest if they're going to, you know, if we're going to have a honeymoon upcoming. Um, you know they're going to prepare for that as well. So if you if you're managing five units and you find a nice local cleaning um, contractor, you're actually going to save a lot of the time off of your hands. And um, you know there's actually a couple apps and softwares that actually can you know source you to do that. Yeah, where where am I finding these cleaners? Uh, I I have five units. My cleaner who's doing all of them just quit on me. What do I do? Uh, well, there's a couple of different ways you can go about this, and, and you know, one of the top things I'd recommend is Turnover BNB. Turnover BNB is actually a marketplace for cleaners specifically. Uh, it's kind of like uh, TaskRabbit or um, you know, one of those other apps where you can find local contractors, um, and, and they'll actually place a bid on your property on what they would clean it for. So their bids are competing against other local contractors to bid to clean against your property. And obviously, you're going to connect with them. You're going to connect with them on a on a kind of business owner level, you're going to talk with them and they're going to kind of you know, go over the rate and exactly what they're going to do for you. Uh, another avenue to go is uh, really Facebook Marketplace. Facebook Marketplace has been incredibly helpful. There are countless Airbnb, Facebook groups, whatever it is, other hosts nearby. You can ask for recommendations, other cleaners. Um, you know, cleaning has really, especially during COVID, become um, kind of like a side hustle, almost on the lines of like DoorDash. Um, and, and from the cleaning business owner's perspective, it, it can be and it is um, extremely lucrative if you get you know your operations and your systems in place. Yeah, totally. Uh, we were going through cleaning prices today on our 230 units, and half the time I'm sitting there thinking, wow, I don't want to be a cleaner. And the other half of the time, I'm like, wow, I need to be a cleaner with some <laughs> of the rates these guys are getting. Um, we're seeing cleaning price anywhere from $50 a unit to $250 a unit. So uh, there's definitely contractors out there that are worth the headache and are going to be worth all $250 you're paying for cleaning um, on those premier units. Tell me a little more about onboarding these cleaners. Like when you see someone posting in Facebook Marketplace or you're on turnover and one person's thrown a bid out for say 50 bucks, but we think the unit should probably be cleaned for 70. Someone's putting a bid out for 90. How do you discern like which cleaners are going to be good? How do you know who to talk to? When you do talk to them, how do you know which one is, is the one? Well, first I'm looking for them to walk the talk. I'm looking for the pictures of their cleans. I'm looking for the quality. I'm looking to, to be able to see the units that they clean. And I'm asking for the listing of their, their, their cleanings uh, of where they clean. Um, and if their listing is performing well, and typically if they're performing well, their cleaning rating is going to be over a 4.9. Um, there's no excuse that a cleaning rating should be less than that um, if, if you have a damn good cleaner and you're giving them at least 80 to 90% of the margin of the cleaning fee received. That's a great point. Now, if let's say you're cleaner right now for those guys that do have cleaners on board, if your cleaner's operating at a certain level, like how do you know when it's time to cut the cord with them? How do you kind of boost their performance? Like walk us through that. Yeah, no, uh, it's, as far as it, seeing if the uh, cleaner is becoming complacent because it, it does happen, you know, it, they're, they're cleaning the same property over and over again, especially when you're having a professionally managed unit, you're having five, six, seven, even eight or nine turnovers a month. So they're cleaning the same house over and over again. It, it's likely that they're going to miss the cobweb in the corner above the TV. Um, so w w when you start to see that happen, you're going in and you're actually going in to do inspections. And you're going to kind of inspect their walk, kind of like a quality control. 
Uh, and what that does is that actually kind of gives a little bit of scare tactic to them um, and they start to worry about their job um, because cleaners are a dime a dozen, especially in this day and age. Um, and if you can find something at a different price, um, then you know, they, they're gonna have to start to worry. Um, so, so things like if you know they, they stop leaving out you know bottles of wine or little supplies or little gifts or little chocolates like they used to, um, that's a, obviously a sure red flag that you're gonna wanna attack right away. Um, if you don't attack it right away, they'll get complacent and you're going to end up with a mess on your hands and you're likely going to have to relist your listing. Yeah, totally. And I, I think you hit a couple key points there in that cleaners are a dime a dozen and that, that goes two ways, right? Um, one, there's always more fish in the sea. You can definitely resource cleaners and find someone else and they know that. Um, so th they definitely appreciate the job that they have. Um, but also when you get a good one, it's super important to keep them. The other thing that I think you said that's interesting is they might miss something because they're doing the unit so frequently. There's there's definitely a, a gift and a curse to that in the sense that because they're doing the same unit over and over, they're going to be super on top of anything different in that unit when they go to clean it again, which helps with claims, helps with any other thing you might need. They know what's out of place. Uh, but at the same time, they've done that unit, say, nine times in a month. They also might be so used to something not being the way it should be and get in the habit of leaving it that way just by accident and getting a fresh set of eyes, like you said, spot checking the unit can really catch those types of things so you can nip it in the butt with the cleaner. No, you're totally right. And I actually just may have a kind of devil's advocate perspective, so to say, for lack of better words, just because obviously overseeing housekeeping, I'm always gonna wanna be able to make sure that it's top notch. Um, so, so going through there and, and ripping through um, and making sure that they are not, you know, forgetting the areas that they're, they're typically taken care of um, and, and making sure that they're done. Um, that is an important part. So you mentioned spot checking their cleans. Now I'm I'm a mom and pop. I have a couple units. Uh, am I supposed to go spot check their cleans? Uh, maybe you want to talk about how we do it now with 200 units because what you're doing at five units doesn't always work. And for you guys out there, we're going to try to break it down throughout the episode and really give you kind of what it looks like in the beginning when you have a couple and what it, it should look like when you're at 200 so that you're not trying to run around with a chicken with your head cut off going to 200 different units to spot check. Yeah, when we had, what, five to 10 units under management, we were, well, I, I, I was personally going in and spot checking these units, um, and I was spot checking them almost after every single clean. Um, and obviously, as you continue to scale, and we add, you know, 15, 20, 25, 30 units, and you start to get, you know, close to 100 reservations in a month, that's a lot of out in the field running around, and, you know, that, that's working in the business. It doesn't give you a lot of time to work on the business. Um, so as we continue to scale, um, JD actually had a great idea about, um, you know, kind of creating a performance opportunity base um, for something called a concierge position, wherein we actually sourced um, local, um, local people um, who were, you know, looking to get into real estate and um, obviously had a chip on their shoulder to, to make some extra money and get involved in the, in the industry. Um, and then, you know, take care of, of these properties, go in there and spot check after every single reservation and things like that. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, one question I do have for you is with these cleaning teams, are they typically uh, bigger like companies or are they like small mom and pop two, three person teams or like what do they typically look like? Uh, at the start, we did kind of go in with um, these these typical mom and pop cleaners and you know they were great as, as as we continued to grow and you know 40 50 units goes on and um, as we continue to scale we found that um, we 
had much more trust in somebody who had a business mindset. So somebody who had maybe four, five, six cleaners on their team, uh, who was a business owner and you know was looking to grow their business, maybe you know get company clothing and you know get a company van, whatever it is. We wanted immediately to you know entrust those people with a lot more responsibility and help them grow their team. Yeah, I mean, just totally makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and a lot of times with the the mom and pops. And, and anyone, anyone who's in cleaning, these these people are tough. They they know how to clean after a super tough reservation. They know how to take care of the easier cleans. Um, they'll get it all done. But what's important to remember is because these people are so so tough, uh, these ladies and gents, they have that I can attack anything attitude. It's super important that you dictate what they're capable of and not let them tell you what they're capable of. Because when these people go from cleaning five units to, to 20, their quality might change and they might just not be ready to, to handle it. No matter how much you're trying to give them and help them with that process, sometimes there's a breaking point for them. So walk us through kind of when you know a cleaner's at a breaking point and, and when you start to look for others, like what, what do you think is the appropriate amount of units for a cleaning team to take on? Yeah, and that was a big revelation for me in, in my course of you know growing as an individual and, and business and operations is um, at, at the start, I was trying to grow and, and change people um, when they weren't willing to change. Um, and you specifically taught me that lesson, and it was uh, it was a big kind of eye opener for me uh, as we kind of scaled away from those mom and pops at the start. Um, but as we've continued to grow um, and kind of scale with these, you know, medium sized to bigger sized companies, um, we, we we've we've. I've had to add in that little kind of personal factor to them and get to know them on a little bit more of a personal level level, um, and, and be able to help them with things like business credit, with things like, you know, getting approved from like a, a, getting approved for a commercial loan, things like that, that I wasn't necessarily being paid to do. Um, but, you know, at the, the end of the day, I, it, it felt good personally, um, and, and I knew it would help me uh, in business as well. Yeah, if, if you help enough people, you'll get everything that you've ever wanted. Uh, and I think you're just a huge example of that. You you really give everyone your all and, and try to see the best in people, um, which is also a gift and a curse. I think you and I are both both cursed with that, uh, and it doesn't always work out. So you do do need to be ready to make sure no one's comfortable and, and keep people on their toes. And I, I love the way that you've been handling that. Yeah, um, you want to move it over into uh, not cleaning and uh, some other processes we uh, work on. Yeah, how about we talk about maintenance? Maintenance is another fun thing. Um, this is not your typical long-term rental where tenants submit a form and you have the luxury of handling it six days later because you're the property manager and the tenant doesn't have any choice. No, typically it turns out that you have a checkout at, say, 11 a.m. and you have four hours to fix an, an urgent pressing issue and you're barely scratching trying to get it done. Yeah, it's totally a different game. If, if someone's staying for two days and, and on their second day of the reservation, uh, they have a problem, guess what? That's half of their tenancy. So you need to get in there and resolve some of these issues immediately. Um, and there's kind of a just a whole system to how quickly things have to get done. Tyler, I'll let you take it from here. Yeah, no, I mean, our management company especially is really, really, really honed in on this. And we, we've actually taken a preventative approach to maintenance. Um, wherein we, we, we do have maintenance kind of walkthroughs, um, not only just quarterly, but almost you know, kind of bi-monthly, um, wherein our, our maintenance manager or, or one of our inspectors goes in and runs through this basic maintenance list, um, changes the air filters, obviously, you know, changes all the smoke detector batteries, et cetera, goes in and, you know, um, 
make sure all the windows are working. Obviously, you know, goes in and ensures that there's a working, um, you know, fire extinguisher, etc. So all of these things, kind of uh, taken from a preventative approach, have allowed us to, you know, quickly act and adapt when these, you know, bigger things do come up, when it's a leak or whatever it is. Where am I finding Ron, the maintenance guy? Where are you finding what? Any type of maintenance person. I cannot change a light bulb myself where am i finding these people uh, okay so we've run through a list of contractors over the years um probably a good number you, you probably know the number more so than i do but um just running through you're, you're able to task them with smaller tasks at the start and then from there be able to give them a little bit more trust and responsibility um to be able to go in and you know do the things i mean in the business that we're in the maintenance that we do 90 percent of the time it's more often than not it's you know a clogged sink or or you know a clogged toilet or whatever it is a drain that's not that's that's not necessarily draining properly you know get in some drano or you know open up the drain and put a snake down there and, and unclog the hair whatever it is so these things aren't necessarily um uh, aren't too difficult but you're going to have to place enough trust in that person to be able to get it done get it done timely um and, and get it done right the first time yeah and i've i've seen you handle quite a few of these things after being in the business for a little bit you've definitely learned the game um i'm super not handy i don't know much about the game the only thing i know about the game is I know what things should cost. I know enough about what it takes to, to fix certain maintenance requests to know what things should cost. Um, how do you handle that, Tyler, on, on your end? Like, how do you make sure you're getting someone who's not nickel and diming you for people who are newer to real estate who don't really know what snaking a drain should cost? Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, if, if, if I can do it and I'm not necessarily a licensed handyman or, or, or tech or whatever it is by any means, um, you know, somebody else can do it, especially for a reasonable rate. Um, so when we're doing, we're, when we're going through these contractors and, and they're going out and, you know, they're going to invoice us one thing. Um, if they invoice us one thing that's over the top, you know, okay, fine. We as a management company will cover that and we never work with that person again. But how often does that happen? Maybe one in a hundred. Yeah, sure. And I want to tell everyone out there a funny story about maintenance. So uh, earlier on in our, our portfolio, I want to say when we were around like 50-ish units, um, as Tyler had mentioned, he had been house hacking with me, renting one of the rooms out in our place. Uh, so Tyler told me one day, um, as the owner of the house, he comes up to me and says, JD, there's a, a problem with my shower. Um, it's not draining right. So I was like, all right, no problem. Um, I'll get that taken care of. So I went in, um, our company runs maintenance through uh, forms. You submit the form and then we have the maintenance team take care of it real quick. So what I did is I chose to submit that form, which at the time went right to Tyler to have that fixed. So Tyler brings me this problem. Um, I used uh, my resources and made sure that drain got fixed. Our wonderful, beautiful systems of operations. <laughs> There's a nice kick in the face. But the, the beauty is, as someone who's managing properties, whether you're self-managing a couple or whatever it is, you do need to make sure you're working on your business. So you need to make sure you're outsourcing things like that, and you're not the first one to pick up the phone and go do it. Um, so having those systems in place are, are pivotal. Uh, Tyler, is there anything else you, you want to talk about on maintenance? Um, I don't know if you've mentioned like where you get the contractors. Um, maybe hit us with that. Yeah, as far as where we get the contractors, I mean, similar to cleaning, we you know you're sourcing from TaskRabbit or you know local um, 
or local kind of handyman or, or you know AC tech services, whatever it is, and you're gonna find specialized or uh, specialized people in, in in these different industries, whether it be AC, whether it be carpentry, uh, whether it be plumbing. And more often than not, we're gonna call a plumbing company to be able to you know uh, address the issue. But what, what what's gonna happen is they're gonna connect us with the tech, and the tech is gonna appear on site, and we're gonna get that that, that tech cell phone. And what that tech is going to do is going to say, hey, here's your problem, or whatever it is, blank. And we're kind of going to offer that tech, hey, would you be looking for extra work outside of office hours? Oh, so you're kind of a snake. Uh, a I'm not <laughs> mad about it. <laughs> so that tech is going to you know, be interested in, in working after hours or whatever it is off, uh, off the normal course of his, his job or his business. Uh, and be interested in you know offering extra work and, and adding an agreeable rate too. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Um, I think we've we've hit maintenance on the head. Unless there's anything else you want to get into. No, no, no. I mean, we 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 set up pretty good systems, and especially if there's there is something big that comes up where it is a leak. You know, I, I had dealt with a leak earlier this morning. Um, in a property where um, you know the, it was dealing with the foundation of the property where the, the interior was insulated well, however the exterior was not, and the topography of the property was um, was sloping downwards into the basement into one of these rooms, uh, and they had a heavy rainstorm and it, 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 the home was just not prepared for this, so ended all the water ended up leaking through the wall and on, into the subfloor and up through the subfloor, almost like a, a sponge when you're walking onto the basement floor. So. Immediately in that instance, obviously knowing that it's going to be a kind of a big scenario, we immediately contacted the homeowner um, after the, the reservation and kind of uh, handled that, that all, all that junk. Um, let them know the scenario, contacted a local ha- contractor, a handyman that had gone out, performed an estimate quote of what the, their scope of work would be, and, and kind of gone from there. So every step of the way, especially if it's something major and immediate, we're going to inform the, home, the homeowner of that process. Wow. Um, so something like that, obviously, it's it's you know out of the blue, and something like that can can take a while to to remedy. Um, what are what's sort of the process if we have guests who are checking in maybe that day or a few days later, um, and they obviously won't be able to stay at the unit? What do, what do we do in that situation? Well, fortunately, having uh, access to over two hundred units in management, uh, we have the ability to um, easily move or transfer a reservation if necessary. Um, and, and dealing with uh, guest satisfaction and, and you know customer service that we have, um, we're able to effectively move that reservation without any penalty or um, you know harm to that specific listing. Um, you know, get the property remedied and remedy the issue as soon as possible uh, and get that back up and running so that the, uh, the owner can continue to cash flow. Yeah, definitely. And I think for a lot of people out there who don't have the luxury of transferring to one of their other 200 units, um, even for you mom and pops out there, this is actually how I, I met my partner, Scott, um, who helps us run the management business, is you can talk to other hosts in oh, the yeah. area. So when I first started talking to Scott, it all came down to the fact that either all of my units were booked out or all of his units were booked out, but he was still getting inquiries to rent. So we would check back and forth with each other. Hey, do you have a three bedroom open? I got, I'm booked out. Do you want this um, reservation and vice versa? And you can do the same thing with transferring units. Um, If you can, can kind of not necessarily partner up like to a full extent, but just have a good relationship with someone else in the area doing what you're doing. Um, there's a lot of different things that you can leverage for each other to really get both of your businesses grow without acting as competition, but more of allies. Yeah, totally. No, if I can actually add to that, I, I did this exact same thing this morning. Um, we have a property out in Deep Creek, Maryland, and, and this is you know uh, in the, the middle of you know no 
where it's a huge vacation destination, but there's not much out there except in, in this small region. Um, and, and I connected with another VRBO host. Um, his name was Elliot, um, and he has actually a, a handful of units, close to like 50, 60. Um, and he had actually mentioned, um, not only was he willing to transfer our reservation over to his home in Deep Creek, which was only three, four, five minutes away, um, but he also has other rentals in Pittsburgh that he's li willing to um, you know, offset and you know get off of his management sort of say so uh, I scheduled another call with him later this week to, to discuss that and you know securing other management contracts wow shout out to you Elliot yeah there's there's a lot of times where you can can create a win-win situation um, you don't always have to do everything for yourself and you can can leverage and outsource stuff like that um, I want to get into a fun fact for our viewers out there before we go to our next sponsor non-sponsor um, Tyler, you mentioned we, we operate in Deep Creek, Maryland. How deep is that creek? How deep is that creek? That creek is 84 feet deep. All right, you guys. Uh, I need you guys to look that up and see how deep it is. And if that is accurate, Tyler's going to get some sort of prize. It's actually a lake that many, deep, that many creeks feed into. Oh. Oh. Okay. So it's, it's more of a multiple yeah. creek, Maryland. Maybe that was the fun fact. <laughs> uh, super interesting. Well, all right, let's take a break and go to our sponsor that doesn't really sponsor us, but he does great work for us, and his company has not let us down. It is Perspective Media. Perspective oh, Media shoots all of our rentals. Uh, anytime we have a new listing going up, we go right to Perspective Media. Christian is the man. He will make any unit that looks amazing look 10 times more amazing. He will make units that aren't that amazing yet. Uh, maybe you skimped on your furniture design. Maybe uh, one of your management clients didn't have a good furniture budget. He'll still make that place look fire. Big shout out to Christian. Dude, shout out to freaking Christian. I cannot stress enough how important the money shot is, and I can't, I didn't, Christian has not missed it once. Christian has shot, what, over 100, 100 properties for us? Oh, at least. And he doesn't just get one money shot. That guy gets like four All money shots. It's kind of annoying, because back in the day when I used to set up the listings, I would be going through and I'd have to ask like four different people, hey, which picture do you think is the money shot? Because I've got four options here. Yeah, and Christian will go above and beyond and even offer you know, drone shots, whatever it is, but he'll also go around and take pictures of local areas like wine and spirits, you know, local wine wine shops, bar shops, whatever it is, uh, and, and breakfast places and cafes to be able to add to the listing so that people know what they're booking and where's nearby. Yeah, exactly. So, for example, in the Poconos, uh, a lot of people go up there to hike, to hit the lakes, to hit the ski slopes. Christian will get pictures of the lake. He'll get pictures of things you have for tenants and guests to use. He'll get pictures of the like the local coffee shop if it's close enough by. He'll he'll really help you out that kind of stuff. And that's why if you guys need anything, you go Perspective Media. That's right. And Christian, you can write that check out to Live Free Movement whenever you get a chance. Yeah, or take us out to one of those super sick local coffee shops. That would be sick too. All right. Uh, one big question we have for you, Ty, is how are we even acquiring more rentals and, and how can other people do the same? How are we acquiring more rentals? Can you, can you elaborate? How are we acquiring uh, rentals for ourselves as well as just management clients? How are we getting more of them? Well, uh, a big push right now is just word of mouth. Um, we're, we're really good at what we do, and a lot of people come to us, um, you know, being go-getters in the space. Uh, we, we've started from being hosts. Um, we started from that being the beginning point. Um, so us owning a good percentage of our own portfolio, um, you know, certainly helps in us wanting to be incentivized to, you know, perform very well and set up the best operations, set up the best systems and, and get the best people around to be able to do the best job they can. 
Yeah, so I guess let's rework that question to two different angles. Yeah. Uh, you have five properties. Um, they're your own. You're looking for six one. How are you getting that sixth property? And then the second take on that is you're just managing for your friends. Let's say you're you're helping out grandpa who's acquired five rentals over his lifetime. He's having you help him out. Um, but you want to help more than just your grandfather. How are you getting more management clients? Hmm. All right. So if I have five rentals of my own, is what you're saying? Yeah, that's that's the first take I want to hear. Okay. All right. If I have five rentals of my own and I'm looking to get another one, um, I mean, one thing for sure is I'm, I'm certainly getting cash flow from those five rentals. Um, so, so I'm looking in these areas specifically for me, the Poconos, uh, because I know it's a pretty easy entry point, especially as far as purchase price goes. Um, so I'm looking in the Poconos and, and, and using that to my to advantage to be able to leverage my income to be able to do so. Um, as far as gaining more management uh, clients, if I'm you know, uh, a friendly host or managing for friends and family and things like that, um, I, I'm, I'm actually going to connect with local homeowners um, and see, I, there's, there's just so many different ways to go about it. This is a good question to ask, geez. Um, you know, I, I know we've gotten these clients that, uh, you know, they, they've been couples that have bought a house in Philly and they, you know, actually moved out of state and they, they, they wanted to hold on to the home, but they didn't want to, like, they didn't want to sell and they wanted to hold on, but they did they weren't sure if they wanted to rent. So what I could offer in that, in that scenario is just, you know, show them my comps and show them the nearby homes that I rented and said, Hey, you know, th this is this home, you know, this is nearby and this, it's performing like this. You actually don't have to sell your home. Um, and I can you know, offer many different ways to rent it. You know, one of these couples actually down the street from us, you know, they ended up going down to South Carolina or North Carolina, whatever it is, for like six, seven, eight months at a time for their job. Um, and we actually offer solutions like, hey, you know, if you don't want to, you know, short term rent, quote unquote, for, you know, less than, you know, five, 10, 15 days at a time, we can actually market your, your rental uh, on Zillow and different long term rental platforms um, to garner clients from there. And since then, I mean, we, we've, honored multiple long-term clients for them and you know I don't, I don't think for nothing less than 45 5k a month and they're furnished rentals so people are willing to pay that yeah they're definitely getting a good return there and it's it's super cool for them because they wanted to come back and stay um on occasion and i know they've, they've come back in between some of those long term so them having that flexibility in their calendar still having their home be their home but also not just sit and not produce income um, not not be able to use it because they got a 12-month lease and they don't have the right to go back in. Um, that's super cool. Um, yeah, I hope that kind of answered your question. Uh, a little bit, yeah. I mean, do you have any other ways that, that people well, can, ask, can well, get you, more? How would you do it? If I asked that question to you, how would you do it? So you have five units already. Um, they're not yours. You can try to see if, if those people are interested in investing more and getting more places. You should try to find other people that are already renting or thinking about renting. Really just connecting with investors and inv individuals who might be interested in the game. Um, try to find people who are like your grandfather who want to keep their rentals but don't want to do it themselves. So you can try to find those people um, and connect with them and see if you can start managing for them, leveraging the success you've already had, show the, all of the five-star reviews on your grandfather's listings, and go from there. Yeah, that's pretty good. I'll do that. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I, I work in acquisitions, so. <laughs> <laughs> all right, what do we want to move into now? Um, let's get into communications. All right, let's get it. Because at the start, it was me and Tyler on the comps. 
and we were trying to out-friendly each other, and that's where all these five-star reviews just pour in. Um, Tyler's been on comps. Um, initially, he no longer handles comps, and we have a team for that. But I guess you can, can break down communications for us. Yeah, I mean, communications, now we have uh, an entire team to do it. At the start, it was just you and me, um, and, and we were able to, you know, offer that that local that you know on-demand immediate help uh if if if, if it's so called for it um and, and our response times even then were, were pretty damn good i think they were less than 15 minutes um and, and now where we've actually you know built an entire communications team um our response time is down to what like 4.9 minutes it's 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 ridiculous it's crazy um typically on airbnb you'll even see response times are i, I think about the lowest an hour. it goes is like less than an hour um, yeah. But, you know, most hosts you'll see about an hour, more than an hour, a day, three hours, about four hours, whatever it is. Ours is less than an hour, but really our stats are less than five minutes. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Um, pretty happy with that because yeah, we, I, we I used to know. maintain that, and I always was hesitant on letting go of comms because I thought no one could be as friendly or as fast as I was. But that was just holding us back. And yeah. I'm really glad we're not on there because now we're not as glued to our phones and we're actually living free a little bit. And we're allowing other people to have jobs and, and kind of get an opportunity to work the comps. And uh, they do a killer job. Oh, 100%. And I've even, like, tested this, like, theory, like, by trying to, you know, open up a, an inquiry or a reservation, whatever it is, with another management company or another host, whatever it is. I've literally not gotten responses back for a day. Yeah, it's, that's absolutely wild. Imagine it's, checking into a unit and not getting a response. Yeah, and that's... You don't have anybody to call. You don't have anybody to text. You're just showing up to a place. You don't even know where it is. You're not even in a place that you're local to. Yeah, in this game, guests expect a response near immediately. Yeah. That's just the world that we live in, and that's the industry that we play in. So response time is critical. Um, any other thoughts you have on communications? I know you are really good at handling guests who might be upset you're good at handling guests who are not upset and just want to yuck it up. You're just you're kind of a people person. So, can you speak to kind of the ideology behind how to communicate with a guest? Let's let's do this. I'll I'll paint a little picture scenario right here. You're a guest. You're showing up to a unit. You just got off the plane. It was a very long plane ride, and you can't even find the house. And you're not getting a response from the host. Okay, let's play that game. Um, ring 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 ring. Hello, this is Tyler. Tyler, um, I need your help. I can't get in this unit. I don't know how to open this door. I've been on a very long flight. Tyler, get me into this house. Hey, JD, really, really sorry that you're having trouble. Um, let me see what I can do for you here. Um, what's, the, what's the address that you're booked at? So I am at 1544 South Taylor Street. Okay. All right. Give me one second. Stand by. All right. I see you're coming in from Florida. It's a long flight. I hope you're ready to get inside. Your code is 1234. Um, checked in. I actually left extra blankets for you. There's a couple extra pillows if you need. Um, I actually live right down the block. Should you need anything at all, please don't hesitate to give me a call. It's not too late, not too early. Um, whatever it is, this is my cell phone. This is my direct line. You can give me a call here. Yeah, so like you said, one, two, three, four. Um, I appreciate all the extra stuff you just mentioned. Um, really looking forward to it. But... What does one, two, three, four mean? Where's Where's the key, dude? Ah, JD, you put me on the spot. Look at me. I'm sorry, man. Look at the lock, okay? Uh, this lock has a deadbolt. And when you put in the code, it will actually light up green. 
Uh, put in the code 1234, it'll, you'll, it'll light up green, you'll hear the beep, and then just turn the deadbolt to the right. And then to lock from the outside, you'll actually just hit the top button, and then you'll turn the deadbolt to the left. Oh, so I, I don't need a key. I see that keypad. Um, I'm actually in now, Tyler. Thank you. Um, if I need anything else, I'll definitely definitely ping you. But thanks for, uh, thanks for everything. I'm going to go check out the unit now. Yeah, and again, don't hesitate to reach out. I, I live literally right down the street and walking distance. So if there's anything you need, please let me know. All right, cool. Uh, I'm going to call you at like 3 in the morning with something else. Um, but for now, we're all good. Peace. Sick. <laughs> Wow, and, and things like that actually do happen uh, all the time, like all the time. And, and that's easily how you can turn uh, an unhappy guest who just got off a plane into the happiest guest ever, easy five-star review. Yeah, communication is no incredibly important, and, and we that's another area I don't want to necessarily blow, but this is another area we are extremely good at. Um, but uh, communications, we, we, we uh, I don't want to say perfected, but are, are damn near close to it. Um, we've actually come up with an escalation process wherein the guest uh, raises more than one concern. They're immediately connected with some uh, with the regional manager, uh, whether it be myself or you know our homie Drew out in Poconos, who's literally 15, 20 minutes away from any single listing that we have. Um, you know, uh, you're going to be connected with somebody uh, that is able to help you with your issue, whatever it is. That's that's excellent. Um, now. I'm a mom and pop and I only have a couple units I don't have a communications team um, are you handling that the same way are you do you would you expect someone I guess to put forth that effort that you just offered as as the person who's running those five units if I'm running these five units the guest is actually going to see on my Airbnb profile whatever it is that I, I manage five units and if I'm managing five units I'm a damn super host. you better believe that <laughs> Um, so you, you, you're going to see that you know I, I manage only a couple of units and I am a local and that I am able to help. But you know that expectation, that you know immediate response, it's 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 going to, to lessen a little bit. Um, however, being that that manager of ho- and hosting of five units, um, you know knowing that you can be uh, and probably are incredibly profitable, um, you know you're you're likely going to answer and want to attest to, to whatever that is immediately. Yeah, I, I totally agree. That's that's kind of how you have to play the game before you scale and are able to bring on a, a team to help you out. And picking up the phone is the number one thing in that situation. Absolutely. Um, that's the difference between five stars and one star. I've picked up the phone so many times where I've just been like dreading, like I know why this person is calling, not in a good scenario, whatever it is. And sometimes you just got to buck up and you just got to lend an ear and, and almost like, 80, 90% of the time, that's all they really want. They just want somebody to talk to. Yeah, and if you can be that that ear um, for them to, to chime in at, that's that's perfect. I think we've nailed communications. Uh, Mike, what do you got for Tyler? I know you're curious, Mike. How do we deal with negative reviews? Negative reviews, first of all, we want to respond to those immediately as possible. Um, we, we want to find out and go back into the communications process and, and, and dissect really what happened. Um, if, if, if there was something that had gone in and gone wrong during the reservation and was either missed or not or, or not attested to or forgotten or wherever it was or just mulled over, um, we want to reach out to the guests, not only just offer you know a, a discounted rate to, to return with us, but also see how we can remedy the, the reservation that they just had. Um, whether it's you know offering a discount or a refund, partial, um, or, or however it is, you know I, I've even had guests that you know didn't have a good stay that you know even forgot an item 
um, whether it be a necklace or whatever it is. And I actually ended up sending them, you know, uh, a, a, their necklace back and then, you know, a little care package of, of flowers or chocolates or whatever it is with a little note saying, you know, hey, I'm really sorry about your stay. You know, uh, I know you weren't here on the best of terms. It was a, a funeral for a family member. I'm sorry to hear that. My best condolences, my deepest condolences, sorry. Um, but kind of along those lines, going that extra step when you know maybe it may or may not pay out, um, that's when, you know, I, I feel like it really counts. Yeah, exactly. Doing doing things without expecting anything in return. Um, if you operate in that fashion, that's when you're going to see the, the most success because it, it'll always come back. Now, we're about to get into our last segment of the show. Uh, but before that, we've got one final question for you. What has been your biggest challenge in operations so far? And how did you ever overcome this? Uh, that's a great question. <laughs> Um, my biggest challenge, and it's from growing and, and scaling with this company from you know 10 units to over 200, um, is been trying to do it all. Um, I've definitely been somebody who, who wanted to do something and, and you know held all that trust for myself, and I, I couldn't you know necessarily trust to delegate to somebody or whatever it was. And obviously, you've been giving me books and tips and uh, little tidbits of information along the way to grow me uh, in order to do that and give that trust to somebody else. Um, but it really something that I've learned from um, you know one of the consultants and JD that has come in and taught me was um, sometimes you just have to let the little fires burn in order to put out the bigger fires um, you know whatever those little fires are um, it, it, you're going to have to kind of work on your business uh, and step away from working in your business uh, to be able to address those bigger things otherwise they're just gonna keep happening over and over again and you're just gonna get in a really shitty cycle yeah, for sure. And I think a prime example of that is kind of what we touched on earlier with someone maybe not being able to get in the unit. Um, maybe the check-in instructions weren't perfect. Instead of um, just kind of taking those calls over and over again, it might be important to just go back and rework the check-in instructions. Um, but in between in between those type of calls, if you keep getting them. Yeah. And I think another thing you, you hit hard was, was delegation. You've been really bouncing around a ton of different areas. Um, we've scaled pretty quickly. If someone can do something 80% as well as you can, then that's it. You have that person go in and handle it. They're going to get to 100% um, after a little bit of experience. And all of that time that you saved yourself, you're going to get better at something that you're 80% on that's going to be super pivotal for everyone to move forward. Um, and I'm really glad that I've seen you make that change over the past couple of years. Mike, take us into the Live Free 3. Bang, so this is a new segment of the show. We're able to do this because we finally have a podcast guest on. Every podcast guest, we're going to ask the same three questions. Starting it off, what is your favorite investing book or podcast and why? Uh, favorite investing book? I'm going to pivot from investing book and go to operations focus because that's really what this call is about. That's and, and cool. It, for me, it's honestly been clockwork. Um, clockwork has taught me to completely delegate uh, just about anything and everything I have. Um, from reading the beginning of the book to you know having the um, ability to you know look 18 months out and be able to take a vacation um, and be able to not look at your phone for a week, two weeks at a time and know that your business is running and not only running but growing. Clockwork, check it out, guys. It is the blue book with the gears on it on the cover. Um, highly recommend. I highly recommend that to Tyler, and I've I've seen him really come a long way since attacking it. So, 
That is the first one. Mike, take us into our second hot seat question Man, for Tyler. Number two, Tyler, is your biggest goal this year you want to accomplish? Uh, my biggest goal this year is to... Um, my biggest goal for the rest of the year is to gross 100K in commissions for real estate. Um, but on, on, on the side of that is actually pursuing this 43-unit deal. Um, so I, I've been lucky enough to be able to put together the renovations and the budget for and the vision, really, for uh, the entire renovation um, and what we're going to be able to do to bring this 43-unit resort back to life to, to where it is, to turn <laughs> the way it can and should. Um, and I'm just super hyped on doing that. And right now I'm in the, the, the final stages of the 3D renderings with the designer um, and making that dream come to life. Wow, absolutely. We, we are so excited to see this resort come to life. If you guys want more info, uh, hit us up. Speaking of hitting us up, Tyler, if people wanted to connect with you, where should they reach out to you? And then on top of that, if you could just tell us, like, who are you looking to connect with? I'm sure there's someone out there listening that maybe they can help you out. Yeah, you can find me at Live Free with Ty on Instagram, um, Tyler Winjet on Facebook, Tyler Winjet on LinkedIn. I'm pretty big on LinkedIn as well. Um, it's where I built my, uh, a lot of my background. But otherwise, outside of that, the people that I'm looking to connect with are hard money lenders, investors, like-minded young guys that are pursuing real estate, um, you know, other people that are go-getters in the space and, and really looking to make you know, movements um, at a young age and, and doing other things. So you know, we're all pursuing 75 hard at this age, right? Um, there's certain you know, aspects about the 75 hard that are you know, ongoing in their life um, kind of changing habits. Uh, whether it's you know planning your day, you're incorporating morning and nightly routines. That way you can control the bookend of your days. Um, doing that is is something I've learned incredible value with. And you know anybody that's doing that at that age, I want to connect with. That's absolutely amazing, Ty. Um, that's pretty much it. Is there anything else you wanted to add and then let people know, Ty? No, um, I love what we're doing, and, and I, I really. <laughs> the, the best is yet to come. Love it. So you got JD for the people? No, I think Tyler nailed it. Best is yet to come. That's sick. <laughs> That's right. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of the episode, guys. As always, thank you all for listening. You guys are great. If you enjoy the podcast, please consider leaving us a rating and telling your friends about us. And if you want to be on our next podcast episode, just like Tyler was, check us out on either Instagram bios. Mine is Live Free with Mikey and JD's is Live Free with JD. Go on the little Instagram bio and then there should be a little Google form. Fill it out. And you might see yourself on the podcast with us in the next episode. Let's go. Yeah, otherwise, guys, live free. That's right. Live free. Passive income. Let's get it.